I know that you're going to just love this week's podcast episode. I'm joined by my lovely member, Chloe Gray from Miss Gray and Play, and she's going to be sharing with us her top tips for embracing yoga as an early years educator and working with the children to try and bring in more calmness, but also how it supports other areas of learning, like your mark making, your social development. So there's so much that we cram into today's show, and I just hope you enjoy it. Ah, so Chloe, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, what it is you do. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Um, so my name's Chloe Gray, but um, some of you might know me as Miss Gray and Play because that's the name I use um, on Instagram and social media. So if any of you are my followers, then hi and thank you. Um, so I am currently a nursery teacher in, in the Manchester area, but I've taught across the IFS and Key Stage 1. I started in Leeds actually, where, um, where you're based. Um, so basically, I um, just consider myself one of your listeners and followers. That's why I'm so super excited to be on your podcast with you. But um, I'm definitely a big lifelong learner. So I've got my hands in sort of many pies, so to speak, for want of a better phrase. Um, so I started out with um, my background was psychology, my, my degree, and then I did my early years PGCE. Um, and since then I've carried on through um, doing my masters and my forest school, um, level three training, and now I'm doing my um, 200 hour yoga alliance teacher training. So it all kind of comes together with me being very passionate about um, play and early development, but with that sort of well-being focus. Um, so yeah, definitely don't think of myself as being a super expert in these areas, but I think it's something I'm really interested in and um, love to sort of share and learn with everybody, really. So that's... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you. You've got so much experience and I love all the different areas as well that you've got knowledge in and, and that you're still developing as well and recognising the fact that we are lifelong learners. We don't just get to a point in our career and stop and think right I know what I'm doing now I just get on and do it you are constantly thinking what else can I learn about to reflect on with my practice as well so I really like that and there's so much we could talk about today in terms of forest school psychology well-being yoga early years play but I think for today's um podcast my listeners would love to know a little bit more about yoga and how we can use yoga to not only support our own well-being but that of the children's as well. So would you mind just telling us a little bit about your journey into yoga, how you discovered it personally? Yeah definitely, um, so I think like lots of teachers and I think it's something that you talk about a lot, um, we do have quite a demanding job and at times we can be very busy and very stressed um, so I originally started yoga as, as an exercise practice and then I found that it had so many more layers and so many other things that it sort of impacted in, um, in my life and really sort of helped in all the other aspects of like my career as well. Um, so we think of often the, the asanas, the postures, as being yoga, the different shapes that you get into. But really, it's a very, very sort of old, um, ancient um, it's, well, it's got eight limbs originally. Oh, sorry, my cat's just... <laughs> Don't worry, my cat will probably appear as well at some point, so <laughs> it's absolutely fine. We love cats here. So, oh, 
cute. <laughs> okay, what's your cat called? Noosa. Oh. I got the dogs out. I was like, I've sent them away, and I thought the cat's gonna definitely <laughs> make Sorry, I'll start that bit again. Eight limbs of yoga. So the postures are just one part, and there's lots in terms of the way that you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you go out again. Honestly. Oh, cats love their five minutes of fame, don't they? <laughs> it's right on my work when I'm, you know, when I'm doing something, live straight across it. Um, <laughs> so, um, so the the eight limbs of yoga. So, yeah, there are um, there's the postures, the asanas that people tend to know, but then there's the there's lots of other areas as well. So it's to do with how you live your life, but also lots of things with breathing and meditation so it, it, it can give you a lot in terms of your own kind of stress reduction and stress management so I've really found that it supported my own well-being and I will talk later when I talk about how um, how it's beneficial for children and go into that in, in a little bit more detail but I really found that from, from practicing yoga on my mat I could take a lot of that into my day-to-day -day life so if I would be trying different challenging postures I could then go into work and if there was a challenging thing happening I found I could sort of take a breath and you know before I reacted and it changed sort of my abilities to, de to deal with stress and things so I think it can be really useful for teachers in particular um, I think we you know we're all quite aware of um, teacher burnout being a difficulty that we face but equally I think the impact that that has on the children so the fact that um, if we, you know, we can't, that phrase you can't give from an empty cup, if you're sort of feeling stressed and burnt out, it can be quite difficult to keep that positive feeling in your classroom. So that self-care for you is going to also be really beneficial to the children as well. So it's really important um, all around. But yeah, I, I loved it so much that I've ended up doing my teacher training. Um, so I'm just sort of um, doing all my exams and finishing and finishing that so there's there's so much more that you can take from it than I ever initially mm -hmm. realized really. I think it's fantastic and one thing that I recognize myself is that the more I invest in my own self-care the more I have to give back and the more successful I am as an early year teacher as a leader as an individual just leading my normal everyday life I can use those strategies that we learn through yoga you know breathing techniques or the postures just to help equip me and make me feel better. So I am a big fan of yoga myself and I just love the benefits of it. It's a really good tool just to have in our toolbox just to go to when we are feeling stressed. Definitely. Now, do you find that you do yoga at a particular time of the day? Is it part of your sort of rhythm of the day? Do you start your day with it? Do you end your day with it? How do you sort of fit it in personally? It's definitely varied a lot. I would love to say that, you know, I manage it every day and it's, you know, the first thing I do in the morning, the, the reality um, is sometimes I'm busier than others. Um, so sometimes it's happening sort of really naturally. And my favourite thing, which I usually find I can do more in the summer when it's sort of lies from Bryson, is that I can do it first thing in the morning. But then I do have to, if I'm having times where I'm quite busy and I'm quite stressed, I do have to say to myself, right, come on, you know, book that class, go down to to your local studio. Um, so it, it, and I think those are the times where sometimes it can get lost and you really have to sort of take that 
take note of yourself how you're feeling and sort of so yeah it does it does really vary I think rather than thinking you need to do something perfectly and be doing it every day it's better to do what you can imperfectly absolutely and I love the point that you made there about when we are so tired or we're so stressed we think we haven't got the time to do things like yoga or mindfulness classes but they're the times when we need it the most so just scheduling in half an hour to do a class will just make the world of difference really and you'll get that time back because you'll feel more energized or just calmer in approaching the situation so I like I like that I like thinking about how to fit it in as well when you're feeling a little bit under pressure maybe or stressed so you obviously um, do lots of yoga yourself but you've also brought that into your early years teaching as well I'd love to know a bit more about that definitely um, so I um, I've been using it with the children for quite a few years again in lots of different ways sometimes I've been you know it's been something that we've done really regularly other times we've brought it into different wellbeing days and events so again it's that idea of um, bringing it in where you can and really sort of um, using it as your children need and as their interests are and really responding to responding to them in that way can be really beneficial with it you know, using it with children. So in terms of yoga how can it support children's actual development where does it link in to our knowledge of the child? Um, so I think there's lots of parallels with the benefits for adults in yoga and children with yoga, but there's a few um, additional things which can really support um, children's development as well. So um, the first one which we all think of quite easily is supporting um, mood and um, stress. So in the sense of children are very, very busy these days. They've got lots going on at school and lots, um, especially as they move through school, they, they, they have got lots of exams and different things going on for them. We're busy with the clubs which is all amazing but they feel that same sense of busyness and of stress that adults do so it's really important to give them the tools from a young age for um for knowing that they can give themselves that time that special time to to calm themselves and different tools to do that so everything that um, yoga brings with breathing and meditation and mindfulness and that focus on your your movement and how exercise is great for you all that stuff brings so many benefits to to children's development um, also I think that yoga does quite a lot for children's emotional development so um, taking that time to connect in with your body and your mind you you do tend to notice a lot especially if you're in you know in your yoga practice you'll be thinking oh I'm I'm feeling really like this and you're living so busy all day you didn't even realize that you were you were feeling that way so it, giving that time for children to check in with themselves and then it supports that emotional regulation by um, giving them opportunities to to breathe and to see that how that calms the nervous system and, and also to try challenging and difficult postures and then see that that, that passes and that Thing, you know things move past that so as I kind of spoke about with adults you really can take that kind of off the mat into your life so I think it can do lots for that as well um, we do know lots about how how movement can improve children's cognitive function so even just on that level of day-to-day um, -day supporting children with brain breaks and how movement can then help them to concentrate when you move back into their learning so it can be very um, very beneficial for that clarity clarity of mind that they'll experience afterwards um, but also their improved strength within 
their bodies and this one has been really interesting to me recently um, and it this sort of is quite anecdotal from my own practice but I'd be interested to see whether your listeners experience the same or whether um, whether there'll be sort of increasing research coming in but I really noticed that when I started doing yoga with my children that um, the especially when it came to core strength so poses maybe like navasana boat pose where you're sitting on your hips and your arms and your legs are up and you've really got to use your core to stay seated um quite a few children really struggled with that core strength and it was quite interestingly and not that this is the the be all and end all because obviously children's holistic development is is very important but the the children that maybe were reluctant writers and that struggled a bit in that area I noticed they were the ones that were really struggling with their core strength Mm -hmm. and I think lots of sports football and team sports and things like that um uh, obviously very brilliant athletically but the quite specific ones in terms of yoga and gymnastics and things that really target um the core so then as I was sort of watching these children I was finding that they were the ones that would sort of sit on the edge of the carpet and they'd be kind of slumped against some sort of side and things mm-hmm. like that. It all goes back to that ability to sort of, if you're sat in your phonics group or maybe if the children are um, at the, the writing table or whatever, that actual ability to hold your core up and um, it you know, is really what translates into that um, later writing ability. So um, I think sometimes we can focus on fine motor and it is very important, but it really starts that strong core and that sort of pivoting your shoulder so I think if we all know that yoga will be important for many things for mindfulness and things but if um, you maybe have a leadership team that need a bit of um, reassurance as to kind of how you're spending your time making those links with that physical development and seeing how that can impact those children um, could be really beneficial as well um, so a few other things for how it supports their development. Um, there are lots of other health benefits which maybe aren't completely documented in terms of research yet, but it kind of comes from quite a lot of old Indian traditions that it can support things like your digestion and um, sort of removing toxins from your body. So lots of other interesting things that might happen so incidentally. And I think for children, which is maybe slightly different to adults practicing yoga, but for children, the social element of yoga can be really important. So it, it is that community and it can very much be for adults as well. But children's yoga is obviously done in a very, um, very playful way. We've got some stories and songs. Um, but equally, I think it's quite different from a lot of sports that children would play. So um, a lot of team sports, especially where there's quite a big focus on sort of winning and you might get that competitive element, which can be really good for some children. But other children can find that quite difficult. I think as teachers, sometimes we might see how that changes behaviour maybe. And I think the beautiful thing about yoga is that it's very much about, it's a a self-practice and it kind of removes that element of teams and us against you and things like that. It's it's a togetherness and a community. So it can be really lovely for, for your classes development if you know you're having a particularly tricky tricky time or a tricky point in your day to bring everybody together and kind of breathe together it can be lovely oh yeah. some really really valuable points there that you made thank you so much you've got such a great 
wealth of knowledge and I love how you're linking yoga to not just the impact on our well-being but holistically on our writing, on our mood, on our social skills and you've definitely given our listeners things to look out for as well so be looking out for that child that's just slouched up against a piece of furniture and thinking about how their posture is and how that relates to their writing really really good and an interesting insight and I also love the fact that you as an educator continue to be a researcher as well now often when we think of a researcher we think of someone that's got loads of books around them they've got a clipboard they're collecting data but you or a listener can easily be a researcher just by reflecting on your practice and making changes accordingly to what you find out and I really love that about you Chloe that you are so reflective and you're constantly thinking about what's best for these children that I've got right now and how did you approach it with your children for the first time did you do a particular activity with them did you use a resource that's really interesting and so I um, when I, I've talked when it, with different age groups of children, and I've um, sort of approached it quite differently. So I think when it's with the my really young ones, I'm in nursery at, at the moment, um, and um, it's been through when we've been sort of doing something maybe um, related to so when we've been learning about flowers or things like that. I would kind of I use a lot of movements, things like Makaton and things like that. So we started to use the um, the postures to kind of to really illustrate our learning, and then as we um, because you've got them for three hours, I've got them for three hours a day. My uh, my nursery children, so it's <laughs> lots to pick in. So we've now started to bring it in again as and when's appropriate. So say there's a bit of time where things are feeling really really busy and everything's sort of everywhere. We might have a moment where we go, okay, let's let's come together, um, and um, and sort of it's we can use it to sort of bring that tone, bring us together as a group, and take a breath. So it can be really good um, in that sort of way. But then with older children, when I've taught stage one I've, it's been part of um so PE and and sort of those sort of more regular brain breaks um so say when they're coming in from lunch and you again you've got that sort of energy that you need to bring back together through the learning it's been more appropriate for those older children to have that you know that more regular um practice within their their timetable there really so it's it's varied again with the children but I think that's important to to listen to your children's needs with it Definitely. Definitely to tune into them. So do you find that you use any particular resource? Do you use um, any like stories to introduce things? Um, any video clips? I've got loads of things to show you actually. Which oh, I'm excited. I can't wait to see. Yeah. Um, so there's, they are, I think most people will be quite aware that there's, um, there's lots of videos that you can use. So Cosmic Kids is quite a popular one and there's lots of them available through YouTube and they can be very useful. You can link them a lot with different if your children are interested in certain things. You can link it to your current learning. Um, and I think maybe if you're not as sure, you've never done yoga before, they can be a really good place to start. Um, I think like everything, you kind of can't replace somebody that's there teaching you and doing it with you to give you that, that feedback, especially when you're talking about children safe certain postures children have got you know quite a lot no fear and they'll sort of um, just throw themselves into anything which is great but sometimes they need um that sort of guidance and prompting and i think if you really engage with it and try to think of things and plan for yourself 
what you will give the children is is a lot more than it's sort of if you're showing them a video. Um, so I like to use um, there's some books that you can get. So this is there's lots of them on Amazon and things like that. This is one that's got lots of games and ideas in. So this is called Sitting on a Chicken, um, and it's got um, lots of different games for different postures with learning outcomes in there. So that's quite a good one for you to to pick up. But there's also quite a lot of progression in there, so you can. Um, really adapt that to the needs of your children. Um, oh, I love the look of that book. I yeah. think it's really good if you're starting out with yoga and you need that support to get going. That looks great. And I will add anything that you share onto our show notes today so listeners can find the resources easily. Perfect. Um, and, the, and there's quite a few yoga stories as well. So this one is called The Grateful Giraffe. So this is all surrounded by um, different feelings. So there'll be sort of a little short area to the story and there's a posture that goes with it. And it can, you can link and talk about emotions. Um, so again, there's lots of lovely ones out there, but that's one that I particularly enjoyed um, using with my children. Oh, that's lovely. I've not come across that one myself. So I'll definitely be checking that one out. Um, the, there's lots of different yoga cards and things that you can use as well. Um, this, again, it's just one that I particularly quite like, but there'll be lots of other ones out there. So it's got lots of different um, postures on the card. It talks to you about step-by-step -step how to do them, um, different words that you might associate with the postures, and there's different breathing techniques, and, and partner ones in this one that children particularly love, that social aspect of creating shapes with a, with a partner. So this is one of the ones that if I'm teaching, it's always kind of with me these uh, these cards, definitely. Yeah, what a great resource as well. And if you're feeling like you need a little bit more calmness in your class, you can literally just grab the pack and pull out a few cards to just pull everyone back together. Really yeah. love that. Um, and the last few bits, these are um, some yoga posture stones. So these are from My Story Stones Rock who you've probably seen on Instagram as well. Um, but they, they're so beautiful and tactile to kind of hold. So the cards and these, um, uh, the children do start to use them themselves once you've spent some time getting to know the different postures with them. So my eventual goal is to have a yoga sort of area in the classroom that's sort of all just set up all the time for children to use. So these will be things that I'll be, um, that I'll be putting in there, but these are very beautiful. Oh, they're lovely. They're so nice. I will definitely link those into the story notes as well. And I love the idea of setting up a space within your provision where children can just go off when they need to and do some of the yoga. Um, a really calming space. It sounds really good. So I'd love to see how that area develops and any feedback that you've got on it. One last one. It's just sort of a general one that's very good for well-being. Um, that I've sort of shared before on my Instagram and things. I know quite a few other people have, um, but my mood stars are really, really beautiful. Um, for if you're focusing on emotions or talking about emotions, again, that sort of tactile element to them. Um, there's like shy star and sleepy star, and that yeah, they really my children really connect, especially my nursery children, really connected with them to tap into how they're feeling at the beginning of um, of that yoga. So yes, that's my different bag of tricks. Oh, some great ideas there, which I can't wait to share with everyone that's listening. Thank you so much. That's really helpful. So you have shared with us in our podcast today lots of ideas about how yoga can not only help yourself as an individual, an early educator, but also how you can pop it into your teaching to support 
the needs of the children as well and support their well-being. Thank you so much. I feel really excited now. Like I want to just go off and do some yoga with the children. You've really filled me with enthusiasm. So thank you so much for taking the time today to meet with us and uh, share your lovely wisdom around yoga. Now, before um, we go, I ask all my podcast guests the same question. So we always finish with, what do you love about working in the early years sector? Oh, I love that question. That's such a nice thing to, to finish on for everyone to feel sort of really uplifted. Um, I think it, it really, for me, comes back to developing the whole child. And I think there's such a, a magic and a uniqueness about about being in early years and I think that ability for us to even though maybe there aren't things like yoga on the curriculum I know that it's brought in lots through throughout primary schools and high schools but I think there is that really special time that we've got when we're in the in the early years that we have a lot of flexibility and creativity to be able to really bring in all these different elements so yeah I think it's very special and we're very lucky in our jobs <laughs> oh we really are aren't we we, we do the best job I think <laughs> Now, um, before we go as well, one last little thing. Um, you have a wonderful social media account. I've loved following you over on Instagram. I just wonder if you could share again uh, for the listeners how they can find more out about you and your practice. Absolutely. So um, I use um, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram as Miss Graham Play. Um, but I have also started to use, because I finished my yoga teacher training to um, connect with the yoga community, I do ha also have um, a yoga one, which is where I'll be sharing lots of things to do with children's yoga as well. So that's called Leela Yoga with Phyllis, that's L-I-L-A. And that means playful in Sanskrit, which is um, the ancient Indian language, which, um, which is associated with yoga. So yeah, if you're interested in yoga things, then feel free to, to follow me on there. I'll be sharing those. Um, but yeah, Miss Graham Play is sort of my main. Oh, well, thank you. I'll definitely be checking out your new yoga account and giving you a follow. Well, I'm going to let you get back to your day now. What do you have planned for your afternoon today? Oh, well, we have got some outdoor learning, some forest school that we're doing. We're very excited. Now that spring is sprung-ish. Yeah, oh it's such a lovely day out there, it's so sunny here in Leeds, so uh, I hope you have a great afternoon and thank you once again. Thank you.